Episode 2 of Season 2 of Who the Hells is For, and we've got a lot of the number 2 going today because we're talking about Halloween 2, a Riley pick in last week's draft. You're welcome. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. I feel like this film is uh, very timely with Halloween actually happening this week, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get it out on Halloween. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. If all goes well. Two, uh, if all goes well, two episodes will be coming out. I, uh, I think... The big, the big thing we have to wait on is if Jeff sends his file. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what will happen? I only have the next. Jeff is just. I only have the next. Just three bogarting days all the files. <laughs> We're actually in oh a huge copyright suit with Jeff. He won't release his files unless we pay him a certain amount. <laughs> the truth comes out as to why the hiatus happened. I'm going to need it in. A... We're locked up in rights issues. I'm going to need it in a glowing briefcase, or else no deal. <laughs> oh man it's good it's good to be back even though we were back last week it's still good to, be back. good to be back what what have you guys been watching so we did a double feature last night so we did the original halloween um with halloween 2 sarah had never seen the original um and i have some i have some thoughts after our first discussion on the first halloween but i'll save that for later um, oh no! No, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. Um, I've also started season two, or not season two, but um, season five or six of Peaky Blinders, um, which is one of my favorites. There are some parts where it kind of gets slow, but have you guys ever seen that show? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. I know. Uh, I've only about, seen season seen one. I think. If you like Goodfellas or any gangster stuff at all, um, I feel like you'll really like Peaky Blinders definitely worth your watch and then i also watched um the first episode of watchmen on hbo which is really good same i think we should definitely talk about that as well riley how about you what have you been watching i actually didn't watch much this week um caitlin and i finished up season three of love island oh salad so that, that was a big big moment for us um and then other than that i've been playing modern warfare since it came out on Thursday, so Solid. it's been a lot of fun. I'm way worse at that game than I remembered. <laughs> like, I keep like, oh, I forgot how hard it is for me to get kill streaks because I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. By no means am I good, but it's still fun. Right. Tyler, how about you? Solid, solid. Uh, watched the first episode of Watchmen, uh, which can't wait until episode two tonight. Very pumped for that. And then I went to go see The Lighthouse, Ooh. which I know had been on our review schedule, but we may end up bumping that because that's uh, that's going to be a bad time for Prodcath and Riley may not even be able to see it. <laughs> well, I, oh, that mic picked it up. Why is my gain so high today? Um, well, I can quote unquote find a way to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll you could. See. I have a feeling... I'm- I have a feeling that style um, would not be suited might, for that. Might movie, not yeah. transfer well for for watching it certain ways for the back alley theaters. Yeah, Jesus. 
That's what we're talking about, right? right? Yeah. Catherine, what have you been watching? Um, well, fall shows are in full swing, so, you know, <laughs> Dancing with the Stars, This Is Us, Grey's Anatomy, you know. Is This Is Us still going? Uh-huh. I, didn't the person die? Yes, yeah, so no, all of them. That, just... that was the season finale. Yeah. He's he's been dead like the whole time, right? Yeah. Didn't a crockpot kill him? He died everyone? in the past. <laughs> no. No. Crockpot just killed him. Too soon. And then sent him back in time to Stars Hollow. <laughs> no. It's still going. It's uh season four? Mer? Mer? Yeah. I think so. Gotcha. It, so it feels simultaneously like it only had one season and that we are in like season 10 of This Is Us right now. Yeah. It's just that emotionally heavy. Yeah. Man, tell you, The Lighthouse... Yeah, season four. Was, okay. Sorry. The Lighthouse is an exhausting movie, by the way. Just... Is it, I, so is it good? It's good. It's very good. Incredibly well made, and I liked it. I liked watching it. But it's not enjoyable. <laughs> it's like, it is a grueling experience just because of how, like, I was mentally exhausted after walking out of the theater. Interesting. But it's good. Like, it's, oh, man. Huh. Amazing performances from Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And it's remarkably funny. There's a lot of comedy in it. Which I was not expecting. Like written comedy or just like how they nope. come off is funny. It like, I think it was on purpose. It had to have been on purpose because some of it is very deliberate. There's also a lot of farts. Well, there's a lot of beans in the movie. So there's a lot of beans, a lot of farts and a lot of just cranking the hog. Oh, it's a very hog crank heavy movie. <laughs> like mul- did like, did like an eighth grader write this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like multiple See, it all works multiple scenes yeah oh gosh multiple scenes yeah jeff have you ever been at a lighthouse <laughs> it's proper lighthouse etiquette <laughs> i cannot say i have robert Pat- pattinson going crazy is one of my favorite things now he does it so well nice well that means he's a shoe in for a good batman movie hopefully oh yeah oh man. just want some madness that's all i want just a little bit yeah a little crazy. Twisted. <laughs> All right. Should we keep moving? I think we should. All right. We are going to now move into our Rotten Tomatoes rundown with Prodcath. Okay. The tomato meter is 28%, with an audience score of 63. Quite a spread there. Wow. Yeah. Um, some rotten reviews. Feels pedestrian and uninspired where Halloween felt fresh and terrifying. Uh, as films go, however, Halloween 2 isn't very good. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, an uninspired version amounts to lukewarm sloppy seconds in comparison to the original film that made director John Carpenter a hot property. I think that's... They're not wrong, but they're also wrong. <laughs> and I think this is this is kind of a good way to frame uh, frame the plot summary. Like getting this context before we jump into the plot synopsis for anybody that hasn't seen it. I think this does give a really good uh, 
really good tone to what it is, I guess. I don't know. They see they make sense. So Riley, do you want to uh, do a quick plot synopsis before we do the rest of Rotten Tomatoes? Um, yeah, sure. Basically, oh. that is all our Rotten Tomatoes stuff. Oh, okay, so, um, you're good to go. So yeah, basically, Halloween Two takes place immediately after Halloween One. It even shows maybe the last you know the last scene of Halloween One, which um, we will be talking about. Yeah, and um, so basically, Michael Myers is back on the loose. Um, we have Laurie Strode. She is going to the hospital. Um, Michael tracks her down, and they have a game of cat and mouse in the hospital throughout the movie, um, which, in the meantime, Loomis and the sheriff's department is trying to track down Michael, leads him to the hospital for the climax of the movie of Loomis and Laurie versus Michael, and we get a fiery climax to end the movie. All right. Now, you're not wrong there. Well, no. all, all correct. You didn't make it up. Aced I don't it. know. Paste it, Riley. <laughs> Thanks. You really said what happened in the movie. I'm proud of you for that. Thanks. You I thought I that. really stayed on topic. <laughs> Which is, that is a feat that we should congratulate. Because yeah. Lord knows we're terrible at it. <laughs> so this movie is, is really interesting because it's both... It both is directed by John Carpenter, but it's also directed by Rick Rosenthal. So it's not like a pure Carpenter flick, right? So Ra- or mm-hmm. Tyler, you were saying something about how Carpenter was not totally in on this movie. Yeah. So in uh, in Amy Nicholson's Halloween Unmasked podcast that came out last year, um, where she interviewed a bunch of people related to the movie, including Carpenter, nobody wanted to do Halloween 2, but they were contractually obligated and needed that paycheck. Uh, so Carpenter banged out a screenplay after a six pack of beer and wrote it all in one night and nobody like, apparently everyone was just miserable on set. Like John, Deborah, Jamie Lee, they were all just not having a good time. Whereas they had a really good time making the first Halloween. And I feel like it kind of shows just because this movie is mean. This is a lot meaner than the original movie. And I think that's a benefit for it. But we can talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, it is. It is very visceral, right? Like the the kills are more up in your face. It seems like there's more blood. Mm-hmm. It seems like they show stuff more often. So interesting, or something that resembles blood. Oh, right. <laughs> that is just red paint. <laughs> I just I choose to believe they were paying homage to Jalo films. So, like, add some cornstarch. That's very to it or common. Blood. Just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit of cornstarch would be fine. All right. The like a neon red too. Yeah, the red, the red, like the big tub tube of paint you buy at like the Walmart craft section. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so as far as as this movie goes, you mentioned you know Carpenter not being super in on it. So it seems like a good time to kind of take a look across the Halloween franchise and talk about how it has developed. Um, there's some handy charts out there that'll help you um, like choose your own adventure. There's one from Bloody Disgusting that we can post afterwards. That's basically figuring out which one you want to watch depending on what you want to happen to Michael Myers. Um, <laughs> so there are, I think we said 11 Halloween films in total. There are uh, a couple of reboots, a couple of retcons that happen, um, but overall there's 11. So in uh, there are three that are kind of, or I'm sorry, there are two that are kind of together. Um, in Halloween 1 and 2, a direct sequel of 1. Halloween 3, and we've done a podcast on before, is a horror anthology, not involving Michael Myers at all. 
but then four, five, and six all bring Michael Myers back um, and kind of all correspond with the first two films. Then there's a major reboot that happens in 1998 with Halloween H20 20 years later, which basically ignores anything after Halloween 2. Um, just goes along with the first two films. Um, supposedly, Michael Myers like really, really dies in that one. I hope that's not a spoiler for that one. But then that uh, <laughs> is retconned again in Halloween Resurrection, where they say he had actually did not die and came back. And fought Buster Rhymes. And fought Buster. I forgot about Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Yep. That is an amazingly terrible film. Um, <laughs> then you've got the Rob Zombie Halloweens, which are complete reboots. Those are 2007, 2009. Completely ignore anything that might have happened before and just uses the characters. Um, and then finally, you've got Halloween from 2018, which retcons all other films after the original. And it's just a direct sequel to the original. And so there's two more coming in that line, right? There's ha- ha- mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, <coughs> or what are the next yes, two? Yes, and Halloween Ends. Okay. Gotcha. So I think I think with Halloween Kills, we are going to see a lot of what we saw in Halloween Two, uh, regarding like the way that Michael's rampage affected the town, because we like. That might be one of my favorite parts of what is in this movie. And really focusing on how Haddonfield is reacting to these murders. I would agree. All right. Well, time to get into what worked well. Uh, Riley, I think we'll let you take a crack at this first, since this is your staff pick. Um, Okay, I'll just start with one and we can just kind of round robin. Um, One thing, well, whenever you talk about a Halloween movie, you have to talk about the score um and how it really brings you into this franchise um one thing i noticed i don't know that this could just be you pulling at straws but um it really seems like you could almost tell like there's the music for one and we know the music for three and halloween two almost it's like you can feel the evolution pulling towards three in terms Mm -hmm. of sound like two sounds almost like the perfect mix of like one and three in terms of like the spooky original sound and then like the super synthy sound of three. And this is like the kind of obviously the in-between as it's two, but just something I happen to notice. Yeah. And so to kind of piggyback on that, I've, I have said, even though, you know, I had put off watching this movie, I'd listened to the score. I had said that this might be my least favorite Carpenter score. And I think, it adds something when you do watch it and it is part of the movie, but I kind of what Riley was saying, it does both of those things like the spookiness of one and the synth of three, but it doesn't do either of them exceptionally well. Um, so I think it has elements of both, but it's not as good as either of those scores. I can agree with that. One thing that I did. And I think, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the one thing that really gets me about this score, because I like most of the synth, but the one part I don't like is the kind of like bubbly kind of tuba sound for, of the remake of the original thing. The boom, 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 boom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, they do that like in the intro. As they're showing the pumpkin and whatnot, and oh yeah, I know, what you're, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. And yeah, and then it turns into the original score as the pumpkin kind of busts open and the skull comes out. So the transition's good, but the ori- the actual intro part that they transition from, not a huge fan of that. Also, not not 
as good of a pumpkin as the first one. It's true. I would not put that pumpkin on my body. Very true. I, as far as the score goes, I had a couple of notes on that too. I thought there were, there are a lot of like synth stabs, like when somebody comes into to screen or something like that, which seemed a lot more Halloween three ish. So I definitely like mm-hmm. like the the jump synth. Yeah, jump synth. Um, which yeah. I think, I think you have to do the whole time for it to work well, right? Like the synth the synth stabs in three, they're like they're kind of corny, but it, it just fits with the whole aesthetic. Where like this, I think because it is a blend, I, I was distracted by it. Like, there were a couple times where it was a synth stab, and I like laughed out loud, um, like with the mm-hmm. combination of everything. <laughs> um, but I also noticed like even in the uh, the first five minutes where they they reshow the scene from Halloween one, um, it's like the same screen moments, but it's a different score, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and they they put on later the. On the remade score yeah. for this movie which was weird because yeah. like because literally we watched them back to back so like i saw the end mm-hmm. scene and then like 20 minutes later i saw the exact same scene with different music and i was like oh the first one was definitely better like this the score yeah, on the first right. scene was much better mostly just because it, it stayed with the bomb 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 and the second one did it too but it mm-hmm. was a different tone or instrument or their pattern or something well, so like threw in, the in synth this over it. yeah they have that really high repeating synth going throughout that part which they is kind of present in the original score, but he really brings it forward in this and like really amps up how much synth there is. And it's the same thing that's present in Halloween three in the score. And it's the thing that we mentioned not liking in there either. Uh, so it, it makes sense as to why it would stand out. Cause I mean, you just, you can't mess with a classic with the original. Like everything is just so fucking spot on that changing anything stands out wildly. Right. Okay, so how about you guys? What's something you thought this film did well? I thought it really, really... And, you know, some of the reviews said it didn't, but I thought it built on tension as well as, if not even a little better in some parts, as the first movie. When Michael is stalking around the hospital and you're seeing him on security cameras and things mm-hmm. like that, like, it really builds on the looming, like, the presence that Michael is out there somewhere in the hospital... And the, the structure of the hospital hallways, I think, really lends itself well to that. Because there's so many corners, and it's just straight down hallways. And so anytime somebody is turning a corner, you're expecting to see Michael. Which I right. think is really, really good, and a really smart way to build on that tension. Right, and we kind of talked about this last night, you and I did. Um, I feel like just having it in such a closed location, like the hospital, I think really builds the suspense. Not to say, not to downplay one at all but you know you one's more of like a few houses like in the neighborhood whereas this one it feels more like you're locked in the hospital Mm -hmm. with michael myers yeah it all feels much more inevitable Mm -hmm. and like there is just so much less opportunity for an escape yeah i think the you're you're spot on with the geography changing the tension like the what i liked about the first one that you don't get as much of in this one is the the looking outside and sort of far off like seeing michael myers being like oh shit like he's he's gonna come mm-hmm. somewhere and then the second one is is more that you don't ever see him far off and you're like he's probably in the next room or he's probably hidden but he's close. yeah you just know he's there somewhere yeah and so I, I think they both work equally well um but it is like a different type of tension so it is kind of cool mm-hmm. uh something else i alluded to earlier that i really like 
is you bring you really bring in the rest of the town and the psychological effect that Michael and his murders have had on everybody else. Like when the town is like sacking the Myers house after all these murders have happened and they found out that it was Michael and just and you have Sheriff Brackett seeing Annie's body when it's wheeled out um, and him taking the rest of the night off. I think they do really dive in really well to just what has happened to the rest of the town with this insane murder that happened. Yeah, I liked that that part of it for sure. I I, um, I thought the choice of wheeling the daughter out and then having him see the daughter like in front of a crowd was really mm-hmm. interesting. One, I don't know that it would happen that way, right? Like you'd probably want to have some privacy. But yeah. then it's also like he's reacting as a father and he's reacting as a police chief. And you know what I mean? Like it's, I mm-hmm. thought that was actually well, a really he smart didn't scene. Know. Yeah. He didn't know that was Annie when it was being wheeled out, right? And he was just checking the bodies as they were getting pulled out. I think well he he knew she got killed before he showed up, mm-hmm. so he knows that one yeah. of the bodies is going to be hers, and so I think he like okay. starts to pull it off, realizing like this could be her, and then it is. So I did I did like that they like have the scene where he hears about it because at the very beginning of the film when they're just like driving around, our first thought was like his didn't his daughter just die? Like what's he doing driving around? So like I'm glad mm-hmm. they like finally closed that loop because like it was really distracting until they closed it for me because I was like how can he. Can, you know what I mean? They just act like he mm-hmm. he's just going on. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Something uh, something I wanted to bring up. Rest in peace to uh, our guy, Ben Tramer. <laughs> yeah, Ben Tramer. We, we hardly knew her. Um, yeah, I thought that was a kind of fun callback to the first one of, like, this person who mm-hmm. is, quote-unquote, going to be important in Lori's life and then ends up being almost kind of the cause of more pain for her because everybody sort of stops taking it seriously because they think he's dead. Um, yeah. You know. R.I.P. That and I, like... Pour one out for Big Ben. So one... <laughs> pour one out, Big Ben. Uh, something I really, really like that they do with the Ben Tramer storyline is so not only do you have... Um, that's really where they let the Loomis kind of starting to go insane. Uh, they really let that play out with the Ben Tramer storyline. Uh, but also they have everybody realize like, oh my God, we killed an innocent person because we gave in to like Loomis's shit and like all of them having to deal with the, the result of their actions um, and, you know, killing just an innocent teenager who happened to be wearing the wrong costume that night. Yeah. I think it was cool too, because then it kind of highlights the fact that Michael's I mean, I know they say it in Halloween one that he stole a mask and some rope and some knives, mm-hmm. but they kind of interesting. They have this idea that like the mask is not unique to Michael Myers, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just a Halloween mask, um, and it's not at the point where like people are trying to imitate him to scare people um, because nobody knew about it yet, right. which I think is a really cool point. Right. Um, some stuff that I thought worked well in this is that I thought that. One of the things that's most distracting to me about about older movies sometimes is just the the editing and how they have human conversations. Like I think it's I mm-hmm. think movies have gotten better where it's not as stilted and it is more natural. Now whether or not that's like a, a helpful aesthetic in an old movie or not, I, I won't argue for or against. But I did think that two was less distracting for me from just like a people interacting um, perspective. I thought it was a lot more real. Um, and maybe that was just because like a large portion of it is in like the hospital where 
it's more of like a you do this you do this kind of environment because like in the other one Mm -hmm. it was like you go over here and the person's like yeah sure okay i guess i'll go you know what i mean like it was just a weird Mm -hmm. i don't know there's something about the environment and the and the interactions in this that made it feel less like a, a really old movie where it was stilted um so i thought that worked better in the first one so for me i i noticed that more than the first really one. okay yeah uh and i think what does it for me in the first one is that all of the dialogue between Lori and her friends that's so like that's such a natural dialogue that it real. i think it is I think all of Lori's interactions, because so all of the teen girls were written by Deborah Hill because they were just like, John, you don't know how to write these girls. Uh, let Deb do this. Um, and so she did rewrite a bunch of their stuff to make it seem more natural. And for me, like, I don't know, that's how people like high school students interact. Whereas in this, like the scene when they're at the school is bad. Very Like the acting is not good in that. When uh, would, Loomis and the two police are there, it's just like, sister, what's that gibberish on the no, wall? No, that's bad. That's a bad scene. I'll agree with yeah. that. I, so I didn't think there was anything that stood out as nearly as bad as that scene in the first one. See, and that's like all Sarah and I could talk about when we were watching the first one, is how we thought it seemed really un... Like, her friends are just like shitty to her for no reason like <laughs> um i don't know like it just seemed the well, first think one's of in how in, much shit we all gave each other in high school no though. but like it was it, it's usually like based on something that somebody said then you twist it and made fun of them this was just like oh like i like books and then she's like you're a fucking nerd like, <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know i i guess it works for some people it, did, it didn't work for me so i think there are some scenes in two that you're totally right are terrible um, but there are some that I thought were more natural. I did think Loomis is like way more of this like non-real or like a crackpot. Yeah, like this non-real person in the second one, which is is kind of interesting because it's like you know he just saw the final results of everything that he had been warning about in the first movie. But in the second one, he's like <laughs> like um, when they're in the car with the marshal and he's talking about. Uh, she's like i've got to tell you something and he's like let me tell you about celtic history like (laughs) like that was the only time where i'm like loomis was so much more of like a a narrator for the audience in the second one he totally was like in the first one where he's he is that but he's also just like a person so that was i don't know if it worked well or if it didn't work well but it it was interesting an interesting choice i love loomis in this one yeah i think I think he did great in this one. He has a lot more agency. I like he's like a lot more important in the second one. In the first one, he's right. just like wandering around until he shoots Michael Myers. Right. I, I mean, I, I like that, and I also like that he is gone a little bit more mad mm-hmm. because of everything that's transpired. I think well, that works really well for him. Yeah, exactly. I think what I think what does it is now like he's had these suspicions that there's something more with Michael. And, yeah, and it turns um, into almost like a like a desperation to get to Michael and kill him. Well, I think in the in the first one he's like, I know it's coming and I'm trying to warn everybody. And then in the second one it's like he feels responsible. So I think it's like he you know what I mean? Like he, he feels like he now has to like fully kill him to absolve himself a little bit. Um I don't know. You can. See, I think there's a lot of like guilt that happens in the movie, right? Sure. Which they they kind of allude to with. I think there's multiple characters that are like, "You're the reason he's out," and blame him for yeah. it. 
Yeah. Well, uh, should we move on to maybe the one or two things we didn't like? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should. I have one that I don't think you guys are going to like. Um, okay. Well, let's start with that then. I I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is very good in this movie. Oh, big disagree. I think she's yeah. I think she's much better in the first one. Um, or maybe I'll say this. I think she has scenes that she's amazing in, right? And I think that there's maybe mm-hmm. higher highs for her in this movie, but I think there are way lower lows. Like, there's just some scenes that I, I just don't understand. Like, um, I don't know, like the scene where she's like dreaming and she like kind of wakes up for a little bit and then goes back to sleep. Um, or some of the scenes where like before she's running away from Michael, like she leaves her room, but before she's running that just, I just don't really get the physicality of what she's trying to do. Um, it seems prolonged and it seems unnatural for what she's doing. But then there's other scenes like where she's, she's running from Michael or whatever that seem really high. And so those I think deserve high praise, but a lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of the low tension moments for me, she seems very unnatural um, in what she's doing. And I think, I mean, and this could be me totally giving it a cop out, uh, but I think they they capture really well of her just like recovering from a traumatic event. Right. And that's so I think, it. yeah, I think she is going to be off. Yeah, I think I think that has something to do with how she portrays or how she is portrayed in this one is she's just gone through so much. She's like in shock for almost she's either in shock or she's drugged up, you know, for three quarters of this movie, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting writing choice because it's like, do you really want to drug up your main character and make them like sluggish for most of the movie? Cause I feel like that in a way, I mean, that does take away from the dynamic of Laurie and Michael. But at the same time, it would be like, I don't know, it it creates more tension because it's like, okay, well, Lori's not at 100%, so she's obviously an easier target. Yeah, and I think the the geometry of the hospital works better in that sense, right? Where she is like a wounded animal type of thing running away from someone who's stalking her. Um, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I, like, I get the, the dragging part and like why she's acting a certain way, but it did seem distracting in certain cases like i'll give you one example which is i think one of my letdown scenes for later is um when she gets out of the car and she's crawling and oh and for some reason can't talk yeah like you know what i mean like yeah i get that it's there it it serves a purpose she had something like that in the first one though didn't she maybe where she like where she panics and can't speak like i almost i need to rewatch it we're going to see halloween this week at alamo um so I've been holding off on rewatching it. I've only watched it once this October. Um, but, but I I feel like she has a similar scene in the first one. Um, well, I know there's the scene with her banging on the neighbor's door and they don't react. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything where she's like frozen. See, and I think what would like if you are if you just if you just fell or like hit your head or like there's something that physically happens to you where you were talking and now you can't talk. But like she was talking to Jimmy in the car, fine. And mm-hmm. then she then she rolls out and it almost seemed like to me like they were filmed at different times and she didn't remember that in the previous scene she would have been able to just speak like normal. And well, I mean, think about it like this. She was speaking to Jimmy before he keeled over. And then she saw him die. 
Yeah, and Jimmy has a very severe concussion. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy not okay. Extremely not okay. <laughs> Jimmy was me after getting a concussion at work and being like, I'm fine. And then going and standing in the break room and just like holding a carton of eggs and not doing anything with them. <laughs> yeah. Someone came in, they're like, Tyler, what are you doing? I'm like, I have to cook these eggs. And they're like, Yeah, we need to take you to the doctor. <laughs> What, All right. What else, anything else that didn't work well? I've got a couple. I do have a couple. There's the big one. And it's what holds this movie back from being as good as the first one for me. I've talked to Riley about it. The, the addition of making Michael and Lori siblings is one of the worst decisions this franchise has ever done. Because it... It, it's unnecessary. You don't need the connection because then it goes back and it recolors the entire first movie. Right. And Michael's motivation is no longer that he's just randomly picking somebody who he's going to stalk. No, he's coming back specifically to kill his sister, which yeah. I don't like. So I thought about this after we talked about it. And this is more of a question for you as such like a diehard fan. Well, I am also, but... Do you mm-hmm. think if you're a you, bigger Halloween two fan than I am, we, yeah. we do need to acknowledge that. Yeah, no, I love Halloween two. So, um, if you hadn't been such a big Halloween one fan, do you think that would have that them being siblings would have affected you so much since you've waited so long to see two? Yeah, it would. It would not have affected me nearly as much. Did you know and that I, was a plot line before you saw this? Mm-hmm. And it's why I put it off. Because it's um, a big part of like I, four, five, and six, right? Yeah, yeah. It plays well, into, new, they do kind of a whole new character that gets brought up because there's a, a familiar yeah, connection. Jamie Lloyd, um, but they they also do kind of supplant that with instead the whole cult of Thorn uh, subplot. Mm-hmm. But what I like, I think, had I seen the original and then seen this without knowing that that was coming and just seen them in quick succession, I would have been okay with it. But I yeah, think I, I kind of did it to myself. Right. Well, and then I touched on, and I, we talked about this last night. It's not like it's not like they really spend a lot of time on that, that they're siblings. They kind of just have that one, like, exposition part, and then it kind of, then they just kind of leave it alone. But, I mean, I agree with you. I, it kind of does, it repaints the first one, and that does hurt it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then there's one, and I uh, I told Riley I'd bring it up today. Riley, do you have any idea what I'm referring to? There's one big flaw with this movie, because there's one quote that really gets associated with associated with this movie and our guy Loomis. <laughs> I shot him six times. But guess the fuck what? <laughs> he shoots him seven, right? He shoots him seven times in the first one. Yeah, well, because he, he fires, I, the, fires the one in the hall and then shoots mm-hmm. him six times right in the room. Yes, it, he shoots him six times before he falls out the window, but he fires one off as he comes up the stairs. Yeah, that, well, that's what I, knocks him into the room. I was specifically counting the shots last night when they started with the scene from the last one. I'm like, OK, I got to I got to nail this down. And they, he shoots him seven goddamn times. Also, he's got a revolver. That's a six shooter. There's not there's not any revolvers that have seven shots in them. Yeah, Lumos had or Lumos. Sorry, I'm thinking about our cat. Uh, Lumos had it custom made to just add another hole to the chamber. 
<laughs> he actually has the uh, sleight of hand perk attached to that weapon. <laughs> you have been playing it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just picturing Loomis doing the COD reload, like holding it up and letting all the revolver shells fall. And just... Yeah, like sprinting back out of the hall, crouching, reloading, running back in, <laughs> jumping once. <laughs> Loomis Maybe holding I'm... his breath and then just like wildly flailing his arm around because he ran out of breath. Like a, like a missed knife melee. <laughs> Well, it's like Michael. It's like Michael is only using one joystick at a time in this movie. <laughs> like he's moving real slow in one direction, Ooh. and then he turns. There, there is something I wanted to bring up, and Riley, it might stand out to Jeff. I'm not sure. What did you think about the way Michael moved in this movie? He's he's less. He seems like he's moving more like an actual person, versus like mm-hmm. I think the first one. He's very much like stopping at a place and then turning and looking you know what i mean i don't know what do you what did you think and so for me he feels much less physical yeah and i you don't have the imposing physical presence that michael does with the first one it feels more like he's being controlled by his evil spirit versus being somewhat conscious of what he's doing if that makes sense mm-hmm. that does make sense. so wait which one would you say um, is wish riley I would say, too, he's more of, like, he's more just pure evil than conscious in the first one. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think that makes sense. I think that's a good way to spin it. I know it's... But of, course, of course, that could be, like, uh, well, let's see, he got shot seven times in the first one, and then, like, another four in this one. He's been stabbed in the eye. He's been stabbed shot in the, in the chest. Eyes. Well, I'm, that's before Oh, the at end. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because okay, yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. to the hospital, he gets shot, like, four more times. So he's got, like... 12 bullet holes and two stab wounds. So yeah, I'm sure he'd be act, you know, moving a little differently. I did feel yeah. like I, I didn't count the number of times, but I felt like in two, there were more shots close up where you actually see his eyes than in the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Like in the first one, it's, he seems almost more like an embodiment of like, I, I agree with you. Well, he's, he's the shit. Yeah. I agree with, I agree with you on the, the evil versus consciousness, but in the first one, he doesn't seem like a person. And the second one, he mm-hmm. like, he does to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he feels much more like a man that's possessed instead of this, yeah, just shape of evil. Well, right, and I'm sure one. that I I would have guessed that that has a lot to do with the reception of the first one. That so they mm-hmm. when they made two, they made Michael much more of a a character instead of just an embodiment. Mm-hmm. Well, we have that, and then so we have Nick Castle who played Michael in the first one, who was just you know one of one of john's buddies who was hanging out on set and my and john was like hey you want to get in the mask and so he just put him in it and had him walk around uh whereas you had dick warlock in number two all-time name by the way oh yeah Uh, dick just a top five name uh but yeah dick warlock who is a genuine stuntman and is used to being on screen a lot um so i think that might have had a lot to do with it um and feel like a dick might just overthought it whereas nick was just like all right cool i'll get in the mask and walk around because he and uh nick has talked about that in interviews where he just is like i don't i didn't know what i was doing i was just having fun gotcha all right well what do we do next um, I have stand out. I have standout scene after Jeff's point. I have one thing I want to ask you guys. So we we talked a little bit earlier about 
the sibling angle and the motivation for killing, right? And I want to talk about a little bit just about some of your some of your favorite Halloween stuff. Um, I think I prefer stories. I think we all do where the motivation of the main character is just that they're evil and that the person was there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, so basically in the first one, he decides to kill Lori because he's in the house and she comes up to the house, right? I mean, that's essentially the entire motivation of him in the first one. Like, she's just there and he decides to follow her and kill her. Yeah, she's just like, wrong place, wrong time. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I just think that we can say, and I was, I was thinking back to like some of my favorite, you know, evil characters or whatever and and they truly are just like reacting to the world around them like they don't necessarily have a plan or anything or a real reason to be doing it um this seems like a weird thing to mention the same thing as like halloween but one of the movies that messed me up the most as like a teenager was the strangers yes Um, oh my god the home invasion that that's the movie that turned me away from horror for a decade it like really freaked me out and i don't know if it's because like home invasion or or what but they at the end she asks them like why they're killing her and and they're like because you were home and i always thought that was such a cool like they're just evil because they're evil type of thing that's one of the most chilling lines in horror for me and that movie like fucked me up to an immense degree i've never seen it again i haven't ever revisited yeah i've only watched it once because i can't i can't imagine doing that to myself again even though i've become like much more versed and accustomed to horror still it's just like i never want to watch that movie again it'd be worth revisiting because i feel like i really remember Liv tyler like killing it as like she was very yeah. emotional type of thing anyways i just want also i would like to watch it again because i uh i had never watched always sunny the first time i watched it and glenn howardin is the friend who gets blasted in the face with a shotgun oh. <laughs> i didn't know that i'll have to check that out yep anyways i just want to bring that up because it, it's it, i think that is a thing that didn't work well like you mentioned but it's because there's so many other great things that have been done without that motivation that it's just so unnecessary to have it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some other good horror that just happened because they were there. I mean, a lot. I feel like a lot of the slashers, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a whole like horror trope of like people die because they're impure. You know what I mean? Like that, like mm-hmm. that whole line of it. And you can say like that's why Lori lives, right? Is because she's the, the pure one or whatever. But like the, mm-hmm. the reason for killing them is just to create havoc. Um, I mean like Cabin in the Woods, they're just doing it because it's, you know what I mean? See, they have a reason in Cabin that's in the true. Woods though. Yeah. I think one of the few that doesn't have a reason is Texas Chainsaw. Um, because Texas Chainsaw, they just happen to pick up this hitchhiker who's part of this family and it pulls them into this whole thing. Um, but I'm thinking like Scream, there's a motivation. Candyman, there's a motivation. Are Friday there, the 13th, there's a motivation. Is there a motivation in Nightmare on Elm Street? Because he's trying to get back at the kids. No. Is, yeah. No, yeah, Freddy. No, isn't he trying to get back at the kids of like the parents that turned Yeah, the kids of the parents who burned yeah. him. So yeah, motivation there. Yeah. We should, if you are listening to this and have any other good examples of what we're talking about for pure evil that just happened because they were there um, to fit in line with this. Interested to get your thoughts. All right, should we move on yeah. to standout scene? I think we should. Hmm. Who wants to take it? Hmm. Um, let's see. If anyone has one, just go. I've I've got mine. Go ahead. And for me, it's that um, 
it's that whole sequence where Michael has finally found Lori and is stalking her through the hospital. After he stabs the bed and finds out she's gone. Because uh, that's where you really get your tension from, and that's where the cat and mouse really begins. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, the whole chase. Like, mm-hmm. Of her like, go, getting into the basement. From the stretch of him like stabbing the bed to her getting out to the car. Like, that yeah. stretch is that's, definitely, for sure. That is perfectly done. I also really like, I think this is my second standout scene, because I think that's the first one. I like the, when she, when they go into the hospital and she runs up to it, like, after she can't talk, because I don't like that part, but, like, when mm-hmm. she's trying to get in and he's stalking her, like, up to the door, because that's a, that's a whole, like, that's a great example of, like, terrible horror decisions that you know are terrible in the moment, and you're like, oh my god, go anywhere else, like, run to town, like, do anything right. else that's mm-hmm. smarter. And, it, and in this case, like, it actually does work, because you're... You're like, he's going to get there. He is going to kill her. And then he just, like, walks through the glass. Um, yeah. I does, love he, that shot, by the he, way. Michael does to the hospital door what I did to Tyler and Catherine's screen door. <laughs> <laughs> the so first time visiting our possible. apartment, yeah. he just immediately barrels through the door because he thinks it's not there. <laughs> Oops. Oh, man. <laughs> um. And then I'll say maybe like a standout shot. Um, well, two. Is it the I blood? Of another one. No, the no the eyes, one. not the not oh, the pool of blood. That's I do bad. like that one. I really like the one where he pops out under the red light, like where Jeff was talking about. Yes. that's a really good one. But then I really, really like the ending when they are playing the Sandman song or whatever. Inner mm-hmm. uh, Sandman by Metallica. For those who haven't <laughs> seen the movie, so it plays at the end. Um, but when they or playing that song, and they go back to Michael just burning. Mm-hmm. I think is a really cool shot. That's that it is an impeccable really well shot. With the song. Catherine, do you have a standout scene for this movie? No, <laughs> um, because it's all so see. good, right? Mm, sure. <laughs> I do have a question for you. Okay. So if you if you can't come up with a standout scene, mm-hmm. this or Halloween one. Halloween or 1, because it had less stupid, why aren't you going the other way, he's literally right there <laughs> moments. Uh, yeah. Like the, when, was his name Billy? Is that his name? Billy, Jimmy? The, yeah. The, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, the EMT. Like when him and the Not nurse bud. are in the uh, doorway and he's literally right behind the fucking curtain and you can see his silhouette in the curtain. You take the east wing and I'm going to yeah, go this uh, way. A rare occurrence of Michael's bad hiding. <laughs> we it it's canon though. Michael loves to hide behind sheets, so I mean, true. He's he's consistent with his character. Is, he's honest to his craft. He is. Michael is nothing if not an artist. Okay. <laughs> does everybody? Okay. Did everyone give one? I think so. Okay. So let down. let down scene. Do we all have the same one? Um, we might. Is, Go ahead. Is it the school? Yeah, it's the school. school. Yeah. 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 Wait, look it's here. So bad. Also, I don't believe that Michael Myers, who has not spoken for 15 years and came in as a five-year-old and probably did not get like actual schooling, knows how to spell and write Sam Hain on the board. Also, it's definitely Sawin. They they fucked that up big time. Um, you pronounce it Sawin? It's spelled, yeah, it's spelled Sam Hain, but it's pronounced Sawin. Because uh, they do it right in Halloween 3. Uh, cause, uh, Cochran wants to bring back the festival of Samhain. Oh, interesting. But, 
so what I did like about that is that they, and to your point, Jeff, they're setting, they're laying out the groundwork for Michael being potentially a supernatural force and something else is controlling it. Yeah. Which they do really capitalize on in four, five, and six. It seems when you get into the cult of Thorn thing. It seems funny that they did, that they did step into. I mean, I think they take advantage of it in four, five, and six. But do you think they were trying to lay the groundwork in two? Because they make them like seven or eight years apart, and the next one they make is well, Halloween three, which doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. Yeah, and John did want Michael to be done after this movie. Like he did not want this movie to even happen in the first place, but. He wanted a definitive end to the Michael Myers story, so I don't think he was knowingly setting the groundwork, but I think he was just trying to add in, like, there is something supernatural and something weird going on with Michael here, and he may not be entirely in control of his own actions. Um, But they definitely wasn't intended to set up a whole three-movie arc that came out of it, because John did just want to kill Michael forever after this movie. Is is John involved in 4, 5, and 6? No. Okay. So they, yeah, so then they, they took stuff he did and made it into later movies. Okay. Yeah, I think what's wrong with that scene, among other things, is not only the pacing, but just, like, like the knife. in Like, why why does Michael break into the school at all, right? Like, he, he breaks in, he puts a bloody hand on the desk he used to sit at, he finds a drawing that someone else drew and puts a knife in what represents his sister, <laughs> Then wrote Sam Hain in blood and then left. Like what is what is he <laughs> doing? Literally no point. It's a Banksy. <laughs> Michael Myers is Banksy. Like the only thing that possibly makes sense is he's he's returning to his roots. He's returning to a place he has not been allowed to go, which was like school or whatever. But but the three things don't work together. Like you know what I mean? Like he has to have another motivation mm-hmm. to break into the school. I don't know. Like he definitely If anything it was to like not be in the hospital like you know does not have a continuous yeah i mean hospital scene. from you know, a like, storyline scene i guess it makes sense to draw them away from the place they actually need to go but it doesn't it doesn't explain michael's motivations which like the whole point may be that he doesn't have motivations but then he does three very like intentional things <laughs> very specific things right with meaning yeah yeah and it's just it just seems there to add to what they're trying to do with the sister angle and and then the Hain angle it just None of that works. You could cut all of it, and you could cut the family thing, and this movie is probably a lot higher on people's lists. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you cut the family angle and cut that scene and have it be a true continuation of the story we were presented with in the first one. And for me, that puts it at a 10 out of 10 on par with the original. I will say, so I know we've talked about Halloween on this podcast before, and I was not a big fan of the first one the first time I saw it. <laughs> and I will say that, I i mean, we did the double feature, right? And then we did this one, like, back to back. I think that these, if you have, I don't want to say if you have realistic expectations, because that's not the right way to say it. But I think that there's, if you go into it expecting expecting modern horror, you're you're not going to get it, right? And that's, that's maybe my mistake of watching these is, going in with like modern horror expectations and i'm not saying it's good or bad but it's just it just is a different style of shooting pacing etc and modern Mm -hmm. horror obviously builds off of these absolutely but i i enjoyed them a lot more when i didn't have them in such high regard for what i was going to be getting and i think that's just a lesson for movies in general like if you just watch them for what they are instead of what you think they're going to be yeah you just just enjoy allow yourself to be 
just have to allow yourself to be sucked in to the un- to the movie. Right. Yeah. And the like, universe be willing to just take whatever they're giving you. See, in that sense, I like the first one a lot better after watching it a second time um, with with different expectations. And so I I don't know if either one of them are ten out of ten for me, but I do like them both a lot better. And I think it's like I actually watched it during Halloween time, which just mm-hmm. makes it better too. I think the aesthetic of this one is peak Halloween, like peak October, like in the midst of the season. And I think it does it a little, that might be one thing it has a leg up on the original over. Yeah, I did think the setting for this one was darker. Um, I thought a lot Mm -hmm. of the shots were darker, which in in parts I liked and parts I didn't, right? Like the the first one is like really bright, honestly, like most of the time. Like there's bright greens, there's lights on the lawn, you know, stuff like that. And this one was like, it was a lot of like dark blues and purples for like the hospital. There was some yellow from like the hospital walls and stuff, but it, it was it was a much differently colored film, I thought, than the first one. Yeah. So I think at this point we're just kind of, talking ourselves in circles so let's move on to our domnall gleason award i've got mine who are you guys giving the domnall to this week you can never not have enough loomis so yeah so loomis was my first choice but that's not who i'm going with who are you going with i'm going with good old ben tramer (laughs) (laughs) Give, give me some more ben tramer even if it's just his charred corpse just because i do really like that plot line and they don't really address the results of what really happened there. True. Yeah. They kind of just get in the car and leave. Yeah. I think um, the character that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, so I don't know if I want him more, but I just want to understand more, is the Jimmy, the EMT guy. Yeah. Like, he just likes Lori. Like, do they have any kind yeah. of previous relationship at all? Do they go to school together? I think it's implied that they do. Because it's just he never never got her a coke. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, he's he he seems to be like an important part of the movie, but ultimately is very unimportant in almost every aspect. Like I think what Jimmy does is continues to help ground the character of Lori as an innocent teenager. Like yeah, because Lori does just you know want to flirt with the cute guy that she's kind of got a crush on and like be a teenager and go on dates. And uh, the presentation of Jimmy and how the whole storyline is handled moves on from kind of shows very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it kind of just shows that that whole thing has been taken away from her and she isn't going to have the option to really do that the way she could have before all of this happened. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Jimmy is used for other people. Well, right. Like I think Mm -hmm. he's the exposition that tells, um, Oh my gosh, that tells Lori's character, like, it's Michael Myers that was trying to kill you. Like, it was an actual person. You know what I mean? Because she, mm-hmm. she doesn't know who he is or why or anything, you know, and, and she really doesn't know why, like, after hearing about it, but then it's like an actual person she knows type of thing. Um, so I just thought, like, Jimmy's demise was unimportant. You know what I mean? Like, he mm-hmm. slips and falls in blood and then just, just dies of a head wound, I guess. Um, I think what I like about that is that whether on purpose or not, it's kind of a flip of the trope of giving a male lead a female romantic interest who ends up not really serving the plot at all other than being just a romantic interest. Yeah, yeah. And they do that with a male character this time, and he ends up being pretty useless to the overall plot other than 
being a motivator for Lori. Yeah. and it, So I do kind of like that it flips that trope. From a flipping perspective, I agree. I, I don't like the original trope, right? Which is why I don't want to see it like redone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying there. And it's like, we don't even know if, um, we don't know if that's what they're trying to do or if that's just what happened. Right. But I, I think it's a reasonable guess uh, with Deborah Hill, who was a very, like, very prominent, like, female and feminist voice in movies at the time, um, and somebody who did hold a lot of those ideals. I don't think it's too far-fetched to think that Deb did do that on purpose. Yep. And after Domhnall Gleeson, where do we go next? Is it ratings time? Ratings. Buzz, BuzzFeed quiz. Oh, yeah. BuzzFeed quiz. Um, all right. Can you survive the wrath of Michael Myers? Yes. How old are you? <laughs> under 30 or over 30? Ooh, just... We're getting close, but we're all under 30. Just one more year of being able to answer this as a group. Happy late birthday, Jeff. It's actually on Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, though. So happy early birthday. Yeah. <laughs> what are your October 31st plans? Staying in or going out? Going out. Staying in. I, th- oh. I think we're going out, aren't we? Oh, going out. out on the yeah. Oh, we're answering. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're taking it as a group, right? Yeah. yeah. Do right, you yeah, believe in the boogeyman? Yes or no? As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> Obviously, we believe in the boogeyman. Uh, also, taking a hard stance for the pod, we also believe in Sasquatch. <laughs> uh, we need to talk pick about a this. weapon. Pen or knife? Knife. Knife. It's a pen. Wait, hold on. Hold on. The yeah. pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to write Michael Myers a strongly, le- strongly yeah. worded letter. And it has to be a kind letter because then we're going to kill him with kindness. Write your congressman. All right. Pick a vice. Weed or alcohol? Booze. <laughs> Booze. <laughs> Legally, we can only say one of those. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you invite your boyfriend girlfriend to your babysitting job? Yes or no? That's sinful. I say no. I say no. Yeah, no. My only one babysitting job, I, I cannot I look back at it and be like, oh my God. I babysitted a neighbor and then the parents were two hours late. And so I just walked across the street and went home <laughs> and left, <laughs> left the children there. <laughs> Oh my god! And I was That's not, terrible. I was not invited back. That's, why would you go home? I think I was like eleven. Like I don't. I don't even knew. I was not old enough to really do the babysitting. It was on. Oh it was god. on New Year's, and so they were out until. So I just like. I was like. I was like. Well, they'll, they'll get home eventually, and I just walked home. And I don't think I knew oh for like gosh. years, like what I had actually done. Wow. Note to self, Jeff is never going to watch our children. I mean, I might have gotten better. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a full 18 years. <laughs> I'm going to give him a second chance. Okay. Uh, pick a costume, solo or couple? Couple. Because we just had a killer Marty McFly and Jennifer costume. Okay. Where would you rather visit? Hospital for the criminally insane or a gas station bathroom? Gas station bathroom. I might get a number for a good time. Yeah. That's true. Plus, if we're talking about, like, which one I'm most likely to be in, it's going to be a gas station bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you run to? Basement or attic? Attic. Attic. Attic, You're going to be too trapped in in a basement. Attic, you can at least jump. Yeah, I assume I'll just kick open the roof if I need to get out somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Just walk straight through the shingles. 
Just what? squat jump your way straight through the yeah. roof. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming what it's not a What scares you more? Fire or creepy mannequins? Fire. What? What, what scares you more? Fire oh, or fire. creepy mannequins? Come on, guys. Creepy mannequins. I'm going to say fire. Creepy mannequins aren't going to do shit yeah, to there's, me. Fire can burn me. There are no documented mm-hmm. deaths from creepy mannequins. <laughs> Pick a security system. Fence or deadbolt? Deadbolt. deadbolt. Yeah. Pick a drink. Wine or punch? What? What? What kind of punch? Wine. Um, it's yellow with a bloody hand in it. Oh, a hand made of ice. Handmaiden. Uh, I'm, I'm I gonna say it's Halloween wine. punch. I'm gonna say wine. wine. That's lame. <laughs> well, you um, and I can make some punch this week, then, Catherine. Pick a random object: fireworks or yo-yo. Yo-yo. I've always wanted to be able to do the cool tricks. Wouldn't, yeah, and yo-yos were designed... Oh, God. Oh, the next question, you guys. <laughs> Why would we not choose um, fireworks? I don't understand. Are we trying to kill... Fireworks fi- do nothing against Michael. Yo-yos were designed as a self-defense tool. No. Okay. Do you have a podcast? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the nail in it. Oh! You survived! Let's go. You must have Strode in your blood because you, have, you survived Michael Myers in the events of Halloween. Don't get too comfortable, though, because Michael always comes back. All right, I'm proud of us, guys. We did okay. I think it's time for ratings. Mm, hold on. Oh, oh. What? You said hold on. Do you no. have something? No. I need to get... Oh, you need to get the spreadsheet pulled up. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you, you said hold on, and then nothing came afterwards. I was like, oh, okay. Riley, let's hear your rating. Uh, it's tough. I know. I know yeah. where I want to go with it, but I I think we're having the same issue right now, Riley. As a Halloween 2 stan, uh, I'm going to say it's on par with the first one for me. So I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. And as a, so I came into this, I am a Halloween stan, having never seen Halloween 2 until now. I came into the episode with a nine. But I think as I sat on a few things, I'm going to go eight and a half. That's right where I was, eight and a half or nine. I decided mm-hmm. to go high. Um, I am moving both Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 to seven and a half. There we go. I'll take okay. Because I think I had original Halloween at a, at a six. Um, I think you were like five and a half. Really? I think you were sub six when we talked about it. I think I just have, it's just, I do it to myself. I just build up expectations in my head of what something's going to mm-hmm. be and it just doesn't ever meet it. So I think they are both, like if you're in the right mindset, they're both really fun. Um, and so I think they're at a seven and a half. I don't know that they replace anything on my top 20 or 30 you know what i mean but i think they're i think they're mm-hmm. both really good i'll probably watch them i don't know if i'll watch them both but i'd probably watch one or the other around halloween like each year but yeah all right Catherine, what is your rating for halloween 2 um i'll be nice i'll give it a six and a half. Oh, that is much more than i was expecting i was i was thinking a four was coming out for us so i'm, I'm proud of you thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> now who the hell is this movie for what three movies would you recommend to somebody 
who want a similar vibe to this movie or enjoyed what they got here or want something better. Doing round robin? Yeah, let's let's draft it. All right, someone else go first. I'm getting mine up. I've got I've got one I think uh, trick or treat because since this one did fill the uh, fill the Halloween vibe a lot more than uh, the original did and I think trick or treat also really has a strong connection to that Halloween feeling since it is literally just a Halloween anthology of all things taking place on one Halloween night similar to this so yeah trick or treat first pick. I want to keep it. I'm going to try and keep it sequels. Uh, I'm going to say Jeepers Creepers two. As one, as one that's fairly related to the first one, if that makes sense. Yes. Note: I'm not actually booing the movie; just the guy who made it. Oh well, yeah, I didn't think about that, but <laughs> I just had to mention it because he's a massive piece of shit. Who is it? Uh, not even gonna say his name, but he, the guy who made Candyman, or not Candyman, Candyman's great, guy who made Jeepers Creepers, uh, has a record similar to the guy who made the Hey song that was in Joker. Oh, no. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, no. Bad news. I'm gonna do, have you guys ever seen Unsane? Have not seen that. That's a Soderbergh one, right? It is a Soderbergh. It's got Claire Foy, who is in The Crown. Um... Oh, and Jay Farrow from SNL. Um, I I thought it was pretty good. It's it's all like psychological horror. It's in a hospital. It's about someone who's involuntarily committed to a mental institution where because she thought she had a stalker, and then she starts seeing her stalker like at the institution. Um, so it's a good like kind of mind horror one. I think it's pretty good. And that is the one shot entirely on an iPhone, correct? No. I'm no high flying bird. Pretty sure it is. High flying bird is the one that's about like the NBA. Um, and I, he did both short on a, like that. I think I could be wrong. I I didn't know that that was part of insane. Well, we'll we'll have to look it up. But I'm I'm fairly certain that uh, it was also shot on an iPhone. Could be. Yeah. No. Catherine, that's what Google's. You have any picks? That's what Google is saying. So you might oh, be right. Nice. Yeah. It's not Halloween. But it's scary. Prom night. Okay. Have you seen that? I have not seen prom night. The Jamie Lee Curtis one. Mm, no. Not the one you're looking at right now. No. But there is. So that's a remake. There is an original prom night with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh no, the one with Britney Snow. Oh. Uh, all right. I assume the same story. So. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Speaking of, I know it's gotten a lot of love lately, and I've never watched it, but apparently there's a small fan community for the sequel, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Hmm. So, need to watch that one. Riley, is it your turn now? It is. I'm going to go with Final Destination 2. Okay. Um, Trying to avoid the inevitable. um, Brings in the character from the first one but also pretty fun to watch. Okay. Uh, my second pick is going to be Friday the 13th Part 3, because that is the one, it's a you know slasher sequel where your killer finally does get his iconic appearance, 
because that's the one where Jason does get the hockey mask. And so okay. I, I think they're they're similar, even though I'm not as big on the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. All right, um, I might be running out of things because um, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen that many slashers. I mean, I, I guess we talk, already talked about it, but maybe the strangers, um, where it is that home invasion slasher feel. Um, like I said, that's probably one of the horror movies that messed me up the most. Probably just like when I saw it and what I was accustomed to before I saw it, type of thing. Um, but that one was really good. Like I said, Liv Tyler was amazing in it. Um, definitely not one I need to revisit for sure. So, solid pick. As I said, yeah, that movie fucked me up big time. Catherine, what is your second pick? Rosemary's Baby. Ooh. Never seen that. Uh, so I have put off watching Rosemary's Baby, but I need to. You'll get your hospital vibe. Oh, I will get my hospital vibe? <laughs> You uh, you a big Rosemary's Baby fan? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to me. Yes, yeah. back around to Riley. Um, boy, yeah, running out of stuff. I'm gonna say, where did it go? I'm gonna say Prince of Darkness. Shit! Oh, you son of a bitch! I knew it was coming too. I knew you were gonna snag that one from me. Just going for a, uh, I can't think of his real name, uh, Donald Pleasance. Yep. Whoa. And he's, God, he's so perfect in that movie. All right, all right. I, I have to make a uh, quick new pick here now. I will, uh, I'm going to go with the easy pick and go with Terror Train. The uh, Jamie Lee Curtis horror follow-up that came out, uh, right after Halloween. Then she started really doing uh, solely horror movies for a while. And that was the one that kind of cemented that. Gotcha. Jeff? Um, I'm trying to think of what would fit in, in this vein that we haven't already talked about. If you liked this movie and some of the suspense behind it less like the slasher and more like the suspense behind it uh, probably seven you know is an easy pick um that's okay. outside the realm of kind of what exactly is going for this but um if you have not seen seven david venture brad pitt um prior to kind of it's like kind of classic like cocky asshole cocky asshole brad pitt um mm -hmm. before he becomes like heartthrob brad pitt um, or i guess before he comes heartthrob the second time because he was that's what he was in the beginning yeah he's Dude, he's a heartthrob through and through. Still is. <laughs> um, well, he, he starts out that way, and then he goes into serious asshole, and then he goes into serious, and then he goes back to heartthrob. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely in the in the vein of this, it's about a killer um, committing different things. So there are a lot of like visceral things that happen. It's just less of them happening while you watch, and more somebody investigating the visceral things that are happening. So I'll stick with the with that one. All right. All right. Catherine, do you have a final pick? Mm, I do not. I will allow you to pass. <laughs> pass granted. So, that uh, that about wraps things up for Halloween 2. Did we want to talk a little bit about if... Uh, so, the lighthouse was on the schedule for next week, right? Right. And I'm thinking just, uh, just in case we uh, aren't all able to see it, I, I think I'm going to call an audible. Okay. Oh, okay. 
Um, and so if you end up seeing The Lighthouse Riley, I think it would be good for all three of us to still do a brief discussion on it. Okay. Uh, but we could... I'm I'm kind of leaning towards pulling it out and dropping Akira back in. Okay. Uh, well, I'm just looking at showtimes now, and it looks like it's back on here. So Okay. Maybe it was just behind. I don't know. So I should be able to see it sometime this week. All right. That sounds good. We will uh, stick with the lighthouse then. All right. And uh, Prodcath may not join us for that one because I, <laughs> I don't think this one's entirely up her alley. So we'll, uh, we'll see everybody again next week. Thank you guys for listening.